Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not going to believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Hello, 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 everybody. It's your girl Ashley, the Amateur Expert, coming to you live today for this episode of Asking for a Friend. Hey, Renee, how are you? I'm super excited about this episode because I am having a candid conversation with my mentor. Um, I love her so much. She is um, a spiritual gangster, and when she gets on, I'll say it again. But I'm hoping that you guys are having a great, great, great Friday. And yeah, we'll get started soon. Hey, Dr. Barnes, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Just get situated better here. Looking good, looking good. Okay. So, Dr. Barnes, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Um, I met you, I don't remember how many years ago it was now, but it was at my aunt's. Um, my auntie Erica had a, it wasn't a tea, but you had like a, you were showing us your book or you were doing a reading from your book. Um, and when yeah. you gave your bio, I was like, I need this woman in my life. Um, I think you might have said something about how you really enjoy Tupac, but you also were like, um, <laughs> but you also were a prayer warrior and I, and you were a photographer and you had taken the picture for your book. And I was like, this woman is multifaceted, multi-hyphenated, PhD, like out the works. And I was just like, I need this woman in my life because she's amazing. So thank you. You're welcome. I'm thankful, thankful to have you in my life, but also that you're on this episode today. Um, so I was having a conversation with one of my homegirls, you know, and we were sort of discussing what what life means to us, who we are, um, and a lot of our identity was centered around, you know, the people that we were dating or, you know, the colleges that we went to. And so... I thought it would be an interesting conversation to have with you today to discuss, um, you know, I feel like we're more than our accomplishments. So if we aren't our accomplishments, who, who are we? Ah, that is the oh, $20 million question. And I'm, I'm excited about talking about that because I think uh, there's so much pressure from the world, from our parents, from the culture, from everybody, and although they mean well when they applaud us for our accomplishments, uh, the downside of that is that we start to believe that we are actually the things that we do. Uh, and so uh, if those things then, uh, they cannot hold us up because they are not who we are, but when they can't hold us up, when we lose our job, uh, when someone dismisses us, which has happened to me a thousand times, uh, when someone refused to call me doctor, and, and all those other things, uh, we can feel inauthentic. Mm. And the reason for that is because that's not who we are. Uh, we are the ones who produce those things. And I, I don't want to sound like weird philosophically, because, uh, you know, one of, my, one of my doctorates is in philosophy, but in everyday language. If I am the treat that produces the fruit, I am not the fruit. The fruit may get stolen, it may rot, it may roll out in the street and get squashed. I'm not the fruit because I can produce more of that fruit. Mm -hmm. So when I get an understanding of I am the, the, the essence who is creative and who can produce, so if someone steals from me, lies from me, uh, on me, copies me, 
and it hurts my feelings, I can sit back and say, whatever they try to steal from me or copy of mine, um, I can produce something else more creative, more unique, because I am not the thing that I produce, but it comes from me. I am bigger than my accomplishments. So how do we become okay with that after being uh, raised in societies that tell us that we are our accomplishments? I think we become okay with that by questioning um, why it is in someone else's best interest to reduce us to that. And if that is a strategy, then what is it that they're afraid of? And so if I am not my degrees, if I'm not my titles, I own my own company, I have for a long time, but if I'm not just the CEO of a company, then first of all, I think the, the bigger question is, well, who am I? And how can I know that? If I can answer that question uh, and then know who I really am, it actually becomes less relevant as to why it's in someone else's best interest um, to, to hold me inside the cage of that. Uh, but if we want to talk about why they do that, it's for control. Mm -hmm. It's so that they can, uh, whenever they feel like, feel like it, value it or devalue it. They'll value it when they want to use it. And then uh, when it's on to something else, they can say, oh, uh, so you, you only got your degree from, or you only have this, or you've only done that, and, or you haven't done this. But before that, they were glad that you had that because they <laughs> wanted to profit from it personally, professionally, uh, in the church, on the job, in, in higher ed. And so I think we can push back on it by saying, if all those things are gone, what's left? And if the answer is nothing is left, then something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Because you were something before you were all those things. I think that's really good. And I think it's important that you can still have those things, right? Um, yeah. And you can pursue, you know, ha have big dreams. We talk about big dreams often. Um, but I think to not do or when we go after those things as a, as a, as an affront, right. To, to sort of, um, make someone else happier. Even I think sometimes we do it to make, for our own fulfillment, but I think mm -hmm. it's, it's important to note that we are remembering who we are at our core, um, mm -hmm. at, at all times. I, and, and, you know, it sounds, they're so closely related. Um, so let's talk about the motive of our heart. Talk about our motives. Uh, and I, I was ashamed, I may have shared with you, that when I worked on my second Ph.D., I didn't tell my family because I was afraid they would think I was kind of weird uh, and kind of nerdy. And I eventually told them, and they, did, you know, they, they knew who I was. Uh, when I worked on my third doctorate, I didn't care. But let's say that um, all those things that I have worked on, they do have value. They mean something to me. So let's go back to, to motive. The reason why I pursued um, the educational degrees that I pursued, it's because they came from the desire to pursue them. So now we're talking about my motives being aligned with the essence of who I am, who God made me. I'm a teacher. I was a teacher when I was born. I was a teacher before I knew that and before I went to college, before I left you know, high school. There was something um, within me that drew me to teaching and to learning and to helping other people to learn and to understand and to explore and to enjoy all of that while they were doing that. 
So wherever I have ever been, I've always been drawn to explaining and making it exciting and wanting people to have their own aha moments. Mm -hmm. So if my motive is that I want to bless you, I want you to feel the joy of learning, that's one thing. So I, I got degrees because it helped me to get better at my craft. Right. But if my motive was, uh, I'll show you, you must not know, you know, that's <laughs> a mother crazy then right. that is uh, it's an off motive. And when you no longer pay any attention to me, then I'm, I'm lost. I'm like, she doesn't care that I have this or that. And, and so I think if we go to motive and if we go to the essence of what we are authentically drawn to and attracted to, it's in children usually. You can, you can see it. So it kind of begs another question of how can you know who you are? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a precursor to then how do you know what you should pursue? Right. And then it might be 50 degrees for you. It might be running 12 companies. It may be running one uh, and you blow up and I have 12 and I'm broke and I always trying to hitch up for, <laughs> hitch up for a loan. So it is something subtle um, that has to do with um, understanding what makes your heart. In fact, this is one of the answers. Um, how can you know who you are? Pay attention to what breaks your heart mm. and what causes your heart to weep with joy. They are That's two good. different sides of the same coin. What breaks my heart, uh, when I see the opposite of that, it makes my heart sing. So That's, that's one way you can know. Good. That's a really that good way to put it. Yes. Because <laughs> I, think, I think people try to overcomplicate it. And two, so for my other show, I talk to people about, you know, um, what they think success is from a young age or what they, what they wanted to do when they were younger. And I think a lot of times we value so much of what our parents and our teachers say that we don't pay attention to, um, we don't pay attention to our calling or what things um, make us happy or hurt us, right? And so yeah. I think that um, for for me, I think one of the biggest things that I've, I think culture sort of shapes women and men differently and, mm -hmm. and what they want to pursue um, in, in their careers and in their lives. Um, and so for me, one of the, I think, biggest things that I've been going through recently is trying to decide who is Ashley that's not Shelly's daughter, that's not, um, you know, who didn't attend this school, like to really trying to chisel it down. And I think one of the uh, biggest things I think recently that most people know is, you know, me going through the divorce, right? So a lot of my identity, I think, was put into being this person's wife and trying mm -hmm. to help him and, you know, try to try to um, yeah, help cultivate his dreams, right? And I think I did that in um, wanting to, I actually, you know, maybe not knowing what the role was, but also in doing so, I lost who I was. And so in yes. this time, I've been sort of trying to go back to, okay, so what makes Ashley happy? What are the things that bring me joy? And I think that being able to talk to you um, a lot <laughs> has helped me sort of um, work, work through that. And so I'm forever thankful for you for that. Um, but can you speak to sort of losing your identity in, um, in your accomplishments or in your relationships and things of that nature? 
Yeah, I think it, it's easy to lose yourself uh, in any of them. And you just gave an example of a relationship. That's fairly common. And again, uh, it's part of our upbringing. Uh, people are thrilled when you're engaged and let me see the ring. They usually don't ask if the person, often they don't ask, is he a psycho case? Did you run a background check? <laughs> you talk to his mother. I mean, you know, so they're just so, they're more excited about, um, you know, the wedding than the marriage. Mm -hmm. Because as a, as a minister and as an officiant, um, I refuse to officiate weddings unless I've worked with the couple uh, because it is so much more to the marriage than the wedding. Uh, but I think we get lost because, um, let's see, let, let's, let's be cold with it. It's because people lie to us. <laughs> Well. I think we're lost because we bought the lie. We, we, I mean, we trust the adults in our life. We trust people that have authority. Why would they lie? And sometimes maybe lie is too harsh of a word. Sometimes they don't know any better either. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the great journeys of life is for you to pursue what is the truth versus what is their truth. And what are the facts, you know, and so I know you hear me <laughs> making my way on over to the philosophical, theological. We're there. It's okay. Let's, let's go there. I know, <laughs> I know. But so many things are not what we thought they were and what we were told. And so in working with my clients as a life coach, number one, give yourself permission to be disappointed, uh, to call a thing a thing. So to call that lie a lie. You know, uh, or that, that rip-off to do this or that. Um, and then to say, I'm willing to embark on um, a journey. Well, I call it the journey back to you. Uh, to a place of saying, what is, what is my truth? And what, what supports my truth? For me, my truth has had to cut through being a woman of color, being from the east side of Detroit, having five earned degrees, yada, yada, yada. It's always been spiritual for me. Who does God say I am? Okay. Mm. I'm the Imago Dei. I'm made in the image of God. And I believe he hung the stars and calls them by name. Wow. That's deep. So he knows the stars of the name, uh, the names of the stars. And the scripture that says, my name is engraved on his hand. So maybe I need to get a little bit closer to him and, and ask him, why do I have this personality? Why am I like this? What is true from what I've heard? What is not true? And so I'm always talking to him and reading and checking and double checking for the things that I do. Uh, giving myself to be uh, proud of, godly proud, not arrogant. I am pleased that um, I enjoy scholarship. I, it makes me happy. You know, I'm quantum physics all day long in between <laughs> Aretha and, you know, whoever, I, some gospel person and somebody modern. So giving yourself permission to embrace all of what you are um, is one of the first steps in saying, I, I need to interrogate what I've been told mm -hmm. versus the discomfort around that's not working for me. That's not working for me. And you can feel lonely. Um, you may feel embarrassed or ashamed because your parents are just so proud <laughs> that you finally got the ring or you finally got that good job. You know, you hate that job. And you ain't texting you know, on that brother. So, you know, you've got to give yourself permission 
to stand in your own truth. And if that's overwhelming, I encourage my clients, well, if they're my clients, I'm coaching them, but you may need a therapist. You may need more than one coach. You may need a circle of real friends who will sit with you as you work through all of that and you do the same for them. That's so good. I'm so happy that you're in my circle. Hoo, hoo, boy. <laughs> um, so you have actually written, um, you've written a couple of books, um, but I think the question that this book came from um, was the 10 gifts, the 10 gifts back to yourself. No. Was that 10 it? gifts to give yourself. To give mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, um, the 10 gifts to give yourself. Uh, and so can you just tell us the motivation behind writing that? Yes, it actually was born out of a workshop that I did at the University of Michigan. This was years ago. They had an annual women's conference. And you could write a proposal and do a workshop. You didn't get paid, but um, so I did this workshop called The Ten Gifts to Give Yourself the Journey Back to You. And a lot of women came. And I, it's the exact same ten gifts that are in my book years later. And then I went the next year, and there were women all the way out the door. So they put me in a bigger room. Then the next year, they put me in an auditorium. Wow. And then the next year, the same women were coming back with bringing their friends. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those huge, whoa. It was, I had hit a nerve. And the, the premise is that, have you given too much of yourself away? So we can give ourselves away. Um, for many of us, that's joyful. It's culture, but it's also love. But you can look up one day, and you are not even on your own list. You have given so much away that you're not even there. Mm -hmm. So my book suggests that you open 10 gifts and give them to yourself as a part of a journey back to you. And when I wrote it, I just want to say this, um, because it can sound selfish and self-centered, um, but that's not the spirit of it. I, it's not selfish. It is self-full. Mm -hmm. It is a counterbalance to all those selfish, greedy folk <laughs> who take the last ounce of everything out of you. Your right. money, your time, your energy, your food. Can they get a ride? Can you watch <laughs> their children? They will take everything. And if you drop dead, they will be irritated. Couldn't you have died like 10 minutes later? <laughs> <laughs> or after, <laughs> after they got back from vacation. Or, so the idea is that it's good to give. Mm -hmm, that's a spiritual principle. However, if you give away so much of yourself that you fail to do what God has called and created you to do mm -hmm. and called and created you to be, you are out of order. You are spiritually out of order. You are satisfied. Your mama, your in-laws, the outlaw, Pookie and them, the committee, the, 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 you name it. And God is like, wow, I'm the one that created you and wake you up every morning and give you breath and give you life. And you trying to please all those people. Hello? Hello? So it is about returning to a place of wholeness and rest and serenity and clarity on who God has made you to be so that you can carry out what he has ordained for you to do, which is almost always someone's secret dreams and desires. They ought not to be a secret to you. You ought to know them, honor them, and 
give less of yourself away so that you can give more of yourself to the you that God wants you to be. Whew. Wow. That was, that was something else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, Ebony in the comments says she literally just had to say sorry to him too. It's, 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 uh, it's so true. It's, and I think we don't think about it often enough. Um, preserving mm-hmm. ourselves so that we can be all that God called us to be. And I literally, that, that was my post this morning, um, coming from uh, Psalms, uh, the 23rd Psalm. Um, I have no yeah. lack. And so I have to re- be reminded that um, everything that God has called me to do, I have everything that I need and I need to just do it and yeah. not give it to everybody else. I need to start with myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, what are you doing in this time for, uh, especially during COVID-19, how are some ways that you are um, finding rest or, um, you know, in, indulging in self-care? I am, um, I've started, actually I started a discipline last year, but I've taken it to a new level. Um, when I get up in the morning and sort of stretch and, and get on my knees and pray, um, but I've been very, very consistent with that, and I start, even before before I do my devotion, uh, my church does a devotion daily, so it's, a, it's an excellent um, read. So it's a way of being consistent. But even before I enter into my devotion, I usually write in my gratitude journal. And it could be anything. I, I, I'm just so not into being mean to myself. It's not, you've got to do this. It has to be <laughs> five pages. I, I'll write down that uh, I got to talk to Ashley or, you know, I saw a squirrel. Yay. <laughs> I saw a squirrel in my front yard or I got the mix of my cough, my hazelnut <laughs> creamer just right, you know, like on the first pour. That's good. So, oh, yeah, it's, it's just writing down things I'm grateful for. The sound of my son's voice. He lives in another state. Um, my husband, who we're always having deep conversations that he will listen to me wax long about the difference between facts and truth and you know so <laughs> so but the 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 discipline of keeping a gratitude journal is centering uh, as people are angry about some have been angry about not being able to go out and they're tired of this and they're tired of that when you practice uh, a discipline of what you're grateful for it serves as a magnet it attracts more things for you to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. So it, it shifts your energy. Uh, you vibe up because you're like, wow, you know, I don't have to have a roof over my head. I don't have to have coffee or creamer. I don't have to be able to see. I don't have to have people who love me or Wi-Fi. You, you name it. When you practice being grateful, I, I think it pleases God it, it shifts the atmosphere in your home, in your heart, in your thinking. And I remember, Ashley, at one point in my life, teaching the Bible and telling my friends, I got to teach tonight. At church, I got to teach tonight. You know what? As I've gotten closer to the Lord, it's like, excuse you to me. Excuse me. I got to teach. Whoa. I get to teach mm-hmm. tonight. Right. I got to go to work. I get to walk in my office, which I own... <laughs> I own my own company, so I get to do my work. I, he trusts me to do my work. I don't, I don't have to do it. I get to do it. I'm grateful for my clients, for the good days, for the lessons I learned. So it's, I think 
that's one of the main things that I've done, gone deeper um, into writing down what I'm grateful for. Sometimes in the middle of the day, I have to stop because it's like, wow, I, God, really? Wow. Thank you. And let me write that down. That's so good. I have to do better at doing a gratitude journal. I, I often um, express my gratitude to God, but I know that when you write it down, um, it's so much more um, impactful. So I do need to do better with that. Um, thank you for sharing that. That was not... Um, that was sort of a bonus question. Uh, so I appreciate, I appreciate you asking that question, uh, answering that question, excuse me. Um, I've got a lot to go back and uh, share with my friend. Do you know that we were, that I was talking to earlier about this? Um, I would like to give you this opportunity though to share the services that you offer, how people can get in touch with you. Um, and if they need a kingdom coach or a life coach, um, how they can uh, retain you uh, as that for them. Thank you. Well, they can reach me on Instagram. I'm at Dr. S. Barnes, for Cheryl Barnes, all, just no, no dashes, no periods, D-R-S Barnes at Instagram. And if they're in Instagram, they probably are, if they're watching you, they can go to my profile. I have a link tree. Okay, link, link tree. So they can, yeah, so they can find out of my, my retreats for women at the mansion and get in touch with me or have a complimentary 20-minute life coaching call to find out if I'm the person for them. Everybody's not for everybody. I'm not offended. I'm willing to invest 20 minutes for them to ask me what they want to know and learn more about um, my successes, et cetera, working with people. Uh, and I call myself a soul wellness coach. I'm a life coach, um, but my specialty is helping people um, experience restoration and healing of their soul. If it's not well with your soul, it's going to be a struggle in college, in your marriage, on your job, running your business, um, just being your best self. Because um, so many things that you actually do even from a spiritual perspective, have to come through your soul, your thoughts, your emotions, your willpower, and your imagination. So they can reach me there, and it's a link to my website and all that good stuff. So, and, and they can get more information about my book. I love it. Dr. Barnes, you are amazing, um, and I'm so thankful. And I sort of want to ask you to pray us out, but if you don't want to, I'd be okay with that. Um, but you are a spiritual gangster, and I just would love to have you close us out in prayer. Absolutely. Now, you know. <laughs> you know that's a yes, because uh, I pray before, and I pray for those who might be tuning in, and even for those who will see it later. So, yes, let's go to the throne of grace. Dear Heavenly Father, creator of the universe and creator of everyone who is listening in, whatever they call you, whomever they know you to be, I know you to be the God of all possibilities. Everyone who's paying attention are the Imago Dei. They are made in your image and your likeness. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they will give themselves permission to slow down and stop doing so much for everybody except for you. I pray that they will take the journey back to themselves where they can answer the question, who am I? What breaks my heart? What makes my heart sing? And recommit, Lord, to walking in their divine purpose. I pray that they will invest in themselves. If it's not me as their life coach, kingdom coach, wellness coach, 
I pray that they will keep searching until you lead them to the person who will help them be all of what you ordained in Jesus' name. And bless Ashley. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone who joined. I pray everyone has a great weekend. Um, this will be available probably early next week. So if you just coming on, you'll be able to catch the replay. Um, thank you all. This was perfect. Thank you. Okay. Good night, everyone.